0: going
1: up. Welcome, everyone, to the Midweek Footsie, uh, the show where we take your questions and we say what we think about them. Uh, we try and answer them for you. We try and give you our thoughts. We try and enjoy ourselves along the way. Paul's not here this time, so it's me and Steve uh, on the Playing Footsie Show in the midweek. Um, this week's question comes from Discord user uh, Perfect, I think you pronounced this, P3RFACT uh he's a good user he's asked a lot of good questions actually we've had a lot of good chats with him on the on the discord um but here's the question steve steve and paul uh what are your thoughts on the current state of ipos SPACs, and the type of companies going public a lazy attempt from me he says i don't think that's a lazy attempt i think it's been a little while since we talked about ipos and SPACs and the state of all that kind of thing uh, it feels like they're out of the news a little bit lately, so that might mean that this is a really good time to be having a look at them, or it might mean that the kind of interesting bit has passed for the time being. Um, Steve, where are you on this question?
0: Um, yeah, hi, everyone. Welcome to the uh, Midweek foot Steves. It's, uh, it's been a while since we've been able to, to do this, uh, Steve. Well, apart from Sunday and the second most popular episode we ever had. Um, <laughs> sorry, Paul. Paul's not watching. Um... Yeah, so IPOs have been um they've, we've had a really good 12 months so it's really difficult for us to sort of like criticize when the brakes have been pumped a little bit. Um I think we've got a sort of a momentary period of sort of uncertainty especially in sort of the global supply chain. So a lot of your industrials, a lot of your anybody who relies on the supply chain really is probably not thinking now is the right time to go with a flashy, you know, billion dollar IPO. So not to mention we've had some really, really big IPOs this year. We've had all of the companies that people wanted, probably outside of SpaceX, they've all gone live with huge valuations and suffered huge drops. And some of them are recovered and some of them haven't. And we've had some eye-watering valuations and we've had some that have come through at fairly decent valuations. Steve and I have made a few kebabs here and there and we've probably lost a few kebabs and not told each other we wasted our money on something else. Um, So, yeah, so quite a lot of the IPOs have gone live and um, we've had quite a few SPACs that have taken all the, you know, what we call the tier two and tier three companies, companies that maybe aren't ready for an IPO, but you know, would like to go public. Um, they've been mopped up by all of the SPACs. So at the moment we've got not a lot of good stuff left. Um, I think this chime just around the corner, which um, I think it calls itself a bank, but it isn't a bank. It doesn't have a banking license. It's, it's essentially a pretty app. Um, which, which is no bad thing, by the way. Uh, Monzo say the worst thing they ever did was become a bank. So uh, they said that the regulation tied them down so much that it's it stopped their, their innovation pace. So let's not criticise Chime for, for, for not going down that route. But yeah, there's some interesting stuff coming up, but we're just in a little bit of a quiet time. I don't think we'll see much this side of Christmas. What do you think, Steve?
1: Yeah, I think we're in a bit of a quiet time. There's nothing I've particularly got my eye on just at the moment. There are a few in the pipeline that I think are kind of interesting, but I'm not sure they're coming out before Christmas. It feels to me like peak IPO happened sort of with, uh, it was kind of driven by Airbnb, which of course was a delayed IPO uh, back at the end of last year. It was expected at the end of last year. didn't happen, I think, and came into eventually this year. And that was uh, picked up quite enthusiastically and went on a big run. Uh, Palantir was around the same time, which was um, collected quite enthusiastically by retail, I think, and has since had a fairly sort of stable time of things. Uh, Airbnb, I think, has uh, had a more kind of volatile time of things, but I think it's generally been uh, positive trending. And then, of course, there was the kind of the big one, uh, as it were, for SPACs. There was the Bill Ackman Pershing Square uh, thing, which, of course, kind of found a target and kind of failed to find a target because it attempted to... Uh, get hold of Universal Music, and then the regulator said, no, your job is to get a company and take it public, not buy part of a company and dump that into a SPAC. Uh, and since then, it feels like kind of the wind came out of the sails a little bit. It sort of felt before then that anything was possible SPAC-wise, right? And here comes a massive one. Uh, and Maybe they're going to get someone really interesting like Subway or Chick-fil-A or uh, someone of that kind of order uh, that people might be interested in. Or Stripe was another name banded around as a sort of payment processing company. And since then, the kind of enthusiasm's died down a little bit. Um, it's It's been interesting to see how some of the kind of SPACs and the IPOs have performed since they came onto the market, right? After that kind of initial enthusiasm, uh, in some cases anyway, uh, kind of dies down and now they're back to just kind of being companies, uh, trading at prices. And the obvious kind of catalyst of an IPO isn't quite there anymore, um has anything caught your eye there steve for stuff going either up or down or sideways in the that's after it's kind of the initial hype's gone away
0: i think there's quite a lot of um things i think the most obvious one probably was it 10 of the year i suppose or it was last year wasn't it It was nicola motors obviously got a load of hype and then was found to be as false as false can be um i mean even recently i don't know whether you've Realized that they tweeted out something the other day and then hastily deleted it because it looked like the truck was rolling down a hill again. They retweeted the exact same thing, but they just rotated the picture a little bit more, <laughs> which is funny isn 't it but but then you 've got companies like App Harvest, which is one that you know I was excited about um, which was um, at one point it was a forty dollar stock it dropped all the way into the twenties and, and now it 's about six dollars there's uh quite a quite a number of companies that that's happened to which is you know which is fine really because they're all proving ground kind of companies you come to the market early and all you've got is a pot of cash um you know it's up to you to execute and companies like app harvest at the moment are not executing and therefore they deserve their their price their price crashes what there was a spec that you had your eye on steve how's that done
1: uh, there are a couple that I've had my eye on. There's Berkshire Grey, which or, or what became Berkshire Grey, uh, which has done sort of reasonably poorly. Uh, I've taken my eye off the two specs that I was looking at most recently, which were the ones from Liberty Media and the one from the CEO of Biogen, Biogen, uh, which is something like Ukraine's Biomedical Acquisition Corp. Uh, last I saw, they were still looking for targets and hadn't found one. I guess it would be remiss of us to not mention that in the last week or so from recording here... The Trump's back has gone ballistic. Um, I mean, it's gone absolutely mad and it went up several hundred percent from what I remember of it. I was trying to look at how much that had gone up by. I don't know anything about the company that's behind it, but it does, I guess, show you there is still, uh, at the very least, trading action to be had in SPACs. If you you have a good feel for where you're looking, I suppose.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's meme potential, isn't it? I think that's the idea with some of these SPACs and uh, do they have the potential to be a meme? And I think the the um, Trump media and technology group has has exactly that. I mean, people were paying, um, was it seven seven hundred 750 million the valuation? So I was explaining to somebody just roughly how you wet the valuation of a SPAC out. So if the issue price is $10 and you're willing to pay $200 for it, you've got to take that valuation and times it by 20 because... 10 times 20 is 200. Um, And that gives you um, the valuation of about 15 billion. Then add the cash in that they're going to get from the pal, So say 15.2 billion, which I think is what they're going to get. You're paying 15.2 billion for 200 million in cash and an idea. Um, So anybody getting caught holding that bag, uh, (laughs) they almost deserve it in a a kind of sad way. Um, But, you know, people get caught up in hype. And there's a lot of people, we saw even the Discord people who are generally rational investors saying, is this going to keep going up? Because... 200% Two hundred percent can be a life changing uh, amount of money, not life, maybe not life changing, but life altering um, amount of money. So it's it's quite easy to get caught up in in that hype. But yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It, the the exuberance is obviously still there. It's just muted for whatever reason. So whether it's people think that you know their money might be better served being in crypto short term, or whether they think it's better served being. Somewhere else, where it's—if you could guess those things, you would—we uh, wouldn't be on this podcast. We would be millionaires, um, probably on the beach, tapping coconuts together. But there you go.
1: Yeah, where Paul is at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I guess I struggle to pin down exactly where I thought Peaks back, or where I realized that Peaks back was over, at least for the time being, because it will come again. Right, this back boom comes, and it back boom goes away again. That's what makes it a kind of boom, basically. But. I think perhaps, I think it had finally kind of dawned on me that the kind of real IPO uh, open season was passed when Delivery landed itself on the London Stock Exchange uh, and pretty much fell through the floor. And then it had a big bounce for what it's worth, and then it went back through the floor again. Mm. Uh, and I kind of got the impression there that that kind of, I mean, Delivery is a company I know. It's actually a company I use quite a bit. Um, they don't seem to have an obvious kind of, path the profitability but there are some good things behind them amazon owns a big part of them and generally speaking amazon seems to be less worried about its bottom line than a lot of places they're content with a kind of let's drive away all the competition and then we'll start making money after we've cleared them out the way uh kind of model land and expanders i guess is a the way they call it Mm. uh but that was a, a pretty horrific ipo as ipos go uh and It seems kind of sad to think that the time that I realised that the really interesting stuff was passed was the time when it
0: landed in the UK.
1: Um, But that is kind of the way I feel about it a little bit.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it probably wasn't delivery for me because the UK is quite notorious for having quite sort of poor poor IPOs. It really doesn't tolerate um, valuation in the same way that the American market does. Uh, The one for me that really um, showed off just sort of how how unhappy people, especially on the back of um the Snowflake um valuation, which which I think everybody would, would acknowledge at least on a present basis, is is nuts. Um, there's nobody buying that saying, I've got great value there. Um, a lot of people are saying that the thesis 20 years down the line is that that company will probably generate a 10 or 15% return, um, obviously, annually. But whether that happens or not, we will see. But the one that really th- that that stood out for me was Coinbase because that company came live with such a huge valuation, but still... A lot of uh, people were very exuberant about um, its prospects, and it had a little bit of profit, and crypto was booming, and it still um, went from somewhere in the 300s to somewhere in the low 200s. So it was a third off the value of the company when you look at it like that. It, it wasn't enough to tempt me into buying it, um, even though, you know, today that would have proven to be a decent buy, Um but it just—that was the one for me that sort of, sort of indicated that people weren't overly happy with the valuation some of these companies were going live with.
1: Coinbase was an interesting one. You sort of speculatively mentioned earlier on in this podcast that uh, maybe you and I might have been involved in some of these IPOs with less success than we were letting on to each other. Um, I'll just leave that thought there for a moment. That uh, <laughs> <laughs> this particular part of the uh show and we'll move things forward then to uh some slightly more forward-looking stuff then so um there's a question of what the current state of these things is like my kind of sense is that okay so the real gold nuggets don't obviously stand out in the way that kind of airbnb did the issue with airbnb was always going to be well what price are we going to get anywhere near this at? basically it's a company we both very much like to own it's not a company i think that we would both like to own at any price uh we might have different ideas of the price that we'd be willing to pay uh for that i'm pretty sure we did actually in the end uh you ended up being a little bit more willing and a bit more ambitious than i was i think yeah. um but so but airbnb is something that obviously kind of attracts us right the question is just how strongly it's getting a little bit harder to see things that obviously stick out and attract us at the moment i think um but i mean is there anything you've kind of found in in your kind of panning for gold that you've think might be worth mentioning here so
0: there's a, there's a company that are ipo soon that you will almost definitely have seen um tv advertising or or on youtube and that's all um for those that don't know they're a, a sort of antithesis to fast fashion um you know it's sustainable materials made sustainably and uh, built to last essentially they have a sort of a quality premium attached to it um in the way that you will be paying top dollar for these shoes, but the idea is that they they are made you know incredibly sustainably and and, and they should last. Um, they're going to come public on November the third, I believe it is. So it's it's just around the corner, and they 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 they've been touted at about a two billion dollar valuation. Now whether we'll see that um reflected in when when we get to buy it but still two billion is not a lot of uh money in uh, us dollars and it's kind of at that kind of level where if you genuinely believe that all Bears goes on to make a a decent brand of itself in the same way that companies like lululemon has and and um or even under armor would be a, a good example but not a good recent example um it, it will be a steal anything sub 10 billion um But you have to believe that thesis that this eventually becomes a a much bigger company now, sort of two to five billion around that kind of area. I'd be very interested in this IPO, not for kebab trade, and I would I would buy it to hold it. Um, I think. It's probably a prime acquisition target as well down the line, although I would never buy something because I think it will be acquired. But I think it's a pretty exciting company with some pretty exciting values. Whether or not it's focused enough on turning a profit would be interesting. Um, I think it's one of those kind of B Corpy sort of, or at least aiming to be B Corpy style, style, um, modern businesses, I guess you would call them, um, that would be interesting to see. You know, just how focused they are on that. But interesting company. Uh, I like their products.
1: I also like their products. I own a pair of Allbirds. They were given to me um, a couple of years ago now as a birthday present, which tells you they're pretty durable, lasting pretty well. They've had some good use, uh, mine, and I do like them. Uh, I got given them actually because I was initially looking for some trainers that could that were white and could go through the washing machine, uh, hmm. which these ones do. Uh, and they've held up to it pretty well the couple of times I've put them through. But they're a good company. They seem like a good outfit. I like the products a lot. You said they IPO on November 3rd? I
0: think so, yeah.
1: Which I believe to be the release date for the scheduled for this particular podcast. So if you're listening to this, stop it immediately uh, and go and have a look at what Allbirds is up to and then absolutely come back and please do get to the end um but uh, so that's really interesting that is one that might be live at the moment as we kind of look hmm. at this sort of thing uh so timely it is uh, we're recording this by the way on october 25th uh, we're well ahead of time here so if anything moves on that um keep your eyes open for all birds uh here's one that interests me it's not an ipo in the kind of traditional sense for what it's worth but it's a spin-off uh which will ipo by itself Um, And it's uh, I put my Steve D hat on here for the moment as I look into some emerging market territory Uh, and uh, Coca-Cola are launching their African bottling company or they're spinning out their African bottling operations. I think at a value of about eight billion uh, later on this year, I think, uh, or at least they're aiming for later on this year. So here's the thing with Coke. Uh, People pretty much think they have the stock pegged fairly well. I don't own this company, by the way. I mean, I own Barclay Hathaway. owns large amounts of that. But uh, I don't own any of it by myself. I've never seen it as an attractive enough buy. But I do think it's something that people need to think a little bit carefully about. This is also not kebab trading, by the way, uh, for me this time. This is buy to hold if you're going to buy it. But what we're looking for from Coke and where they struggle is growth. And growth is difficult because... Uh, it's hard to get more Cokes into the hands of Americans. You can push the prices a little bit uh, because they will keep paying for them and they're probably reasonably well protected from inflation. But it's very difficult to see how Americans drink more Coke on a year-to-year basis. And people sort of look at that and think, that's basically it for growth. The population of America might go up a bit, so you might sell a bit more. That's the wrong place to look for growth uh, in Coke. Their big growth uh, things are in places like um, Africa, other emerging markets. And here's a thing that I learned recently. Here's what Africa really goes nuts for, and that's Western brands. Um, And as Africa develops itself from being basically a mining-based economy, if you own any kind of African-exposed companies, they're probably pulling gold out of the ground or something like that. uh, Too much more of a kind of... Uh, developed consumer products based economy what they really really like is western brands and there is good scope for these to kind of land and expand over there and Coke is a great example of a western brand from what I can see of it so the African part of their bottling operation uh, bottling operation is I think scheduled to IPO by itself that's one that I've got an eye on uh, coming out as something that might get you a nice kind of balance of uh, western corporate governance um, so it will be uh, carefully regulated, carefully audited—you can be sure about what's going on there—and uh, some decent potential for growth into what is a pretty enormous market across Africa.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting—that's an interesting move, really. I think that's probably the way to play Coke at the moment, isn't it? I, I would say with—with with a degree of of so you you getting a lot of emerging market um exposure, but with the honesty of a of a of Western accounting. So yeah, I'm, I think that's a pretty good play. I'm I'm interested in that, definitely not as a kebab. I, I sense it might be a slow burner, probably with a decent dividend right off the bat. You would imagine it'd be one of those sort of companies, but I think the Hellenic bottling company was the last time they spun off a bottling company, off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. So that was right. um, that that comes with a fairly decent dividend. I seem to remember as well, and it's a it's a sort of slow to medium grower as well so yeah interesting interesting buy
1: so we talk about buying what you use uh, in particular so Allbirds birds a good example african coke bottles less so in my case but i do like coke um here's another example of an ipo coming up for what we use this one probably is more of a kebab operation for me and i haven't done enough kind of digging into it that might be of interest companies called rent the runway Uh, So here's another thing that I use a lot of, women's fashion, no kidding, Uh, but it is um, a women's fashion company. I'm not sure whether they have a a menswear arm or not, but if you're um, looking for a dress for a wedding and you're fed up with buying these things and using them twice and so on, you can apparently get some really, really good quality um high-end fashion uh things that you can rent fairly cheaply uh, or at reasonably good rates this was featured on the motley fool fairly recently so i am lifting this from i think it was maria gallagher uh the analyst on this it was on the most recent uh well not most recent most recent as of october 25th yeah uh yeah uh, i think it was motley fool um yeah, motley motley money? money yeah yeah it was um, and that sounded like an interesting kind of operation to me. It sounds like it's got a good management team behind it who know their their area in a way that, as you can tell, uh, Steve and I are. Uh, um, let's say we're kind of sideline observers of the fashion industry um, and, and less enthusiastic than some people might be about fashion. We're not the people who would necessarily know uh, what's fashionable and what's not. Um, but these guys do seem to be, um, and they seem to have a good feel for their business, and they might well be an interesting IPO if you're looking for some kebab money.
0: Yeah, and I think they said on for or Motifool Money, whichever one it was, that it was the first ever female CEO, CFO, and CEO as well, which is always yep. a positive thing. Um, so yeah, I, think, and I, I did listen to that, and I thought that was quite an interesting company. I, I did have that one jotted down to have a quick look at, but um, yeah, I mean, it's not something that I would, I would use, but they they came up with a really good idea that basically we're going into wedding season uh, next year. Um, you know, you don't want to be seen with the same dress on. Um, I'm sure you don't, Steve, me neither, um, in, in two Instagram shots back to back. So, you know, Rent the Runway might be a very interesting way to get the sort of fast fashion fix, but with a bit more of a sort of sustainability tag on it.
1: Yeah, I am quite conscious of what I wear. I've deliberately changed out of my jackal gear in between recording these things. Um, out of interest, Steve, where, where do you get your um, your clothing from these days?
0: Uh, my clothing is from playingfootsie.tmail.com, um, and genuinely, <laughs> it is as far as this podcast content I think I've worn uh, our our, um, our promo gear for probably the last four podcasts, but I've, I, I remarked putting on the hoodie on and and. Tiger Tom, who designed our, our latest t-shirt, also sent me the same message to say that he was surprised how good quality the, the t-shirts are, which was part of the reason we picked T-Mill um, alone is that a couple of couple of little things, they have a, a circular thing going on as well, so when the t-shirt does get worn out, you can send it back and you'll get five uh, quid credit towards your next t-shirt, which is a nice little feature. And um, also, they're, they're really nice t-shirts, really soft, and uh, I'm getting used to having pockets. I, I love little pockets in my hoodie. I, I could live in these.
1: Excellent. Uh So I guess we should probably wind things up there with that quick plug for our own kind of uh merchandising line. Uh Join us again next time, won't you? And please do uh leave us uh, a review, a like on whatever you get your podcasting stuff from. Do leave us a question because we always like thinking about them and reading them and answering them on this kind of thing. We've told Paul he can come back when he buys something from com. so expect to see him in the next couple of months or so. Um And until then, thanks everyone for listening.
0: How many, how many people own stocks? It's the sucker's going up.